This is winging it, the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. It happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes with us every week. I asked you earlier to tell me best or worst. Yes. And what did you select? I believe I said best. You did. You said best. What we're going to be talking about is the 10 best hit songs of the 1980s. Oh, well. So this is the best. We were going to go worst or the best. So where you've gone the best. I wonder if I would have known as many of the worst. Funny you should mention the 80s. Mm. But I never listened to the radio in my car. Never. Radio station came on playing all 80s. And it Strange was... Strange phenomenon. It was a gas, 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 I got to say. It was absolutely too much fun. Well, I did so, find out something interesting about you. Oh, yeah, damn right. You love the song Cherish by Madonna. Oh, are you kidding? I like that song, and the video's adorable. Uh, People hate that song. Really? I really love that song. What black-hearted scoundrels menaces to themselves and others would not love that beautiful, lovely song? It's See, just, now I get people not liking Papa Don't Preach. Yeah. Eh. Yeah, yeah. Cherish. Cherish, come, come on. on. It's sweet. Can't get away, I won't let you. <laughs> come on, if that doesn't warm your black little heart. <laughs> it warms mine, yeah. but I thought it was great. I think you're really going to enjoy today's show because there is some really, really good stuff. And number 10 is Back in Black. ACDC. Oh, yeah, that was like right at the cusp. That was like 1980, I 1980. believe. 1980. It was a hell of a time to be a, a 19-year-old kid or whatever the hell I was at the time. <laughs> Uh, Back in Black. So this is one of the best songs. This is what, I mean, whatever you might think of ACDC, you got to acknowledge that every once in a while they knock it clean out of the park. And this is one of those times. I will not acknowledge that. I'll say this is a fine song. A fine song? Yeah, it's fine. This is absolutely, this is a monster match. I, I love this sweet. song. It's a I sweet think, little uh, cutie Angus song. Angus Young's licks, uh, uh, leads on this song. His solos are just absolutely divine. And uh, I know Brian Johnson is, you know, is either you love him or you hate him. He's a Muppet. Or Muppet. he's a super Muppet. Muppet. Super Muppet yeah. and Muppet. He <laughs> checks both of those boxes for me. <laughs> but uh, great song, and good Lord, has this thing been milked for the uh, advertising buck? But if you have a Muppet at the helm, why not sell why out? Not? Why, why not, not just do it? This only reached number 37 on the charts, but it became, like you said, ACDC's signature song. There are many lemmings. Yep. <laughs> no sh- no shortage of sheep to shear you know. people do really love them and you know they're not offensive they're kind of basic rock number nine running up that hill a deal with god kate bush kate bush yeah oh running I, I, up that hill make a deal, deal with god, god. no she's a god <laughs> kate the queen of British, uh, whatever whatever it is she does. Whatever I mean, that is. You can't even define her music exactly, and she's influenced, good Lord, how she's many? She's like Bjork to me. You're like, Bjork and Kate Bush are, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Tori Amos reminds you, you know, oh, you remember me of Kate Bush. Uh, our- Tori Amos has a supremely amazing voice. She's you- She can sing. Well, she's probably a better singer than Kate Bush. Yes, but Kate Bush has something like... I mean, Tori Amos. So a little Muppety at times, like a, a cute, adorable, sweet Muppet. A little angelic at times. You know, she's got a lot. She's got, there's a lot of character to her voice. Hounds of Love is the album, 1985. And that takes us to number eight, Don't Dream It's Over, Crowded House. Oh, this song melts me. Me too. To a puddle <laughs> in my too. very seat, you know. Oh, uh. it's, it's a 
It's a very emotional song. It's really lovely. I love his voice. Mm. Hey now, hey, hey now. now. This came out on the title album, Crowded House, 1986. But I will say that Neil Finn, and I don't think he's wrong, said that this song could have hit number one if they had included Hey Now, Hey Now in the title. I agree because people remember Hey Now, Hey Now. They don't remember that it's called Don't Dream It's Over. Is the song called Hey Now, Hey Now? Yeah, you know, and we've talked about songs that we've stumped each other yes. in various games on Birds of a Feather with songs that were the you title. you say various games? <laughs> I, I swear I didn't even mean to. Various. <laughs> wow. Okay. Subconscious. Uh, subconscious is at that. work here, and and I would have bet I would have bet the rent that it was completely dead. You know? <laughs> but uh, the id, the subconscious, all oh, that it's shit. There. You know? But songs that were the title: uh, Green Day, Basket Case. I sang the whole song. Yeah, but I know. couldn't remember the title. I mean, if it were called Sometimes I Give Myself the Creeps, you know, <laughs> it's not a great title. <laughs> or maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm cracking up. Who knows what all? I, I would But I mean, it. hey now, hey now, you're right. That's the hook. That is the, I mean, you are just a, a large mouth bass chomping on the worm and taking the hook for that one. That is the hook of that song. And uh, the, really the lyric is. Uh, is, so, is so touching and so stirring. And uh, I mean, this is one of those ones that, you got to get sentimental over this one, I think. I agree. Or you frighten me. It's, you know? it's true. It's very emotional, this yeah. song. And uh, it definitely is one of those songs that takes me back to that time in my life. And, you know, when I was singing it at the top of my lungs and crying sometimes because of my place in life and uh. questioning everything. It's just one of those really beautiful songs. It's life affirming, but then it also makes you very introspective. And that's one of those songs. And still, when I hear it now, it just gets me. He's right. Would have hit number one with Hey Now, Hey Now. But what did do really, really well and what was a smash in the U.S. and I think probably worldwide is I Want to Dance with Somebody Who Loves Me, Whitney mm. Houston. Ah, yes. 1987. The One of the most amazing singers ever. Just her voice. Uh, just It will always just melt me. And obviously a dance floor classic, mm. right? Everybody wanted to get out there. And uh, it was... The first album by a female artist to debut at number one on the wow. U.S. chart. It was that potent a song. It's Should, still fun. Are you sure they didn't think it was Mariah Carey? I'm so Oh, good. my fucking God. <laughs> Sorry. There is no, there's completely nobody, different. Nobody thinks that. Nobody yes, thinks that. Yes, I get that. it. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> a kind of an inside joke here. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Pop, soul, dance, music. That yes. song, uh, her vocal on it is great. Uh, Not a lot of screamy gymnastics and, uh, you know, showing off my pipes crap. All She's singing because it's got a strong melody and it calls for her to really wail, you know, do that little vibrato. When the night falls. Oh, she's so good. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, Beautiful. song. Beautiful. So much control. Oh. Uh, so and, gorgeous. you know, a great... I try not to equate songs with videos, but I'm sorry. It's That's a an amazing bright, video. Lively, beautiful. Uh, She's stunning. Cheerful. Uh, it is. It's just a. Uh, I mean, even though it's a longing song, it's happy. The, the tune of it's it is happy. happy. It's a great and and yeah, she looks fabulous. The visuals. I mean, the, the whole vision of the song. The of hair, the, the, the dress, hair, the back, the sets, the, yeah, the sets the, changing, everything. Absolutely amazing. Now this is when videos were really good. Yes. You know? And this is, uh, yeah, I mean, this was the golden so age good. of pop. Uh, it's an absolute classic. And Whitney Houston is can sing anything. She can. And uh, she can sing rock like crazy. And uh, she was just a great, great artist. Uh, Still my favorite singing ever of the national anthem, Whitney Houston. Oh. Ever. Yeah. Yep. I mean, she just floors me. That's right. Number six. 
Once in a Lifetime, Talking Heads. Oh. Released in 1980 on the Remain in Light album. My goodness, this song. This is not my beautiful beverage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself, well, how did, how did I, I, get I get here? There? This is another band that will, they will go in directions of like, who thinks of this who stuff? Who thinks of this shit? I mean, stuff that is so powerful and ingrains itself into your, into your consciousness immediately. Absolutely. That nobody ever thought of before. Like, uh, burning down the house is another example. Oh. I mean, that same is... Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. That is a powerful... It's, it's overwhelming, the sound of it. I mean, there, there's brilliant production behind that and just the vision of David Byrne. And this is... It's a classic... Uh, uh, once in a lifetime and it is in the song so it is yeah, I was, that was yeah, kind of punny yeah. was letting beautiful. the day goes by okay yeah but uh would one. be one thing but once in a lifetime is in the song it so is. you know they, they didn't lose that connection and huge hit and deservedly so and produced by brian eno who that, is audible right. on the backing vocals in the song is he now so very 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 cool i mean you gotta love him david byrne uh quite uh quite a strange fellow but brilliant oh, yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah. And I just I would be remiss if I didn't say if you have not heard his stuff with St. Vincent, you should do yourself a favor and do that. So before I go any further and I go on to number five, I want to go ahead and thank albumreviews.blog for this information. I was wondering. It's that's correct. Albumreviews.blog. Number five is La Bamba by Los Lobos, 1987. It amassed an impressive back catalog over a career, it being Los Lobos, that dates back to the 1970s, where it was Mexican-American music, right? And uh, this was a huge hit from the movie of the same title, La Bamba. About Mr. Richie Valens. Yes, about the, the very short life. The very short life of Richie Valens, who, as many of you, although some of you young things and tender might not be aware... Died in a plane crash with the big bopper, uh, with the big bopper, JP Richardson. Hello, baby, and, and buddy, buddy, Holly, freaking Holly, the, who chartered the, the plane, the legend. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because the bus had broken down. It was oh, cold. Oh, yeah. I it was mean, cold. And that, of course, is memorialized in a song that all of you must know, American Pie. Yes. Described as the day the music died. That was, uh, yeah, that was, those were. The first time I ever heard that song was the day I wished that song would die. <laughs> it's just the longest song in the entire world. Classic. Classic. Longest, longest song in the entire world. Well, it longest. is. Okay. It is. It's like nine hours long. Nah, it's not. I mean, it's not Alice's Restaurant or anything, but I mean, it's long. And, and Alice's Restaurant is just a little longer. Yeah, got a, got a, <laughs> got a lot of good verses, and it's they're fine. they're all original except for the chorus. Okay, twenty seven times around. That's fine. You know, I'm good. Free Fallen. Tom Petty is number four. A uh, great song. It's perhaps a little bit too ubiquitous. I mean, it'd be nice to walk past the radio once and not hear it playing. <laughs> but it's it's a good song. It's a, it's, a, it's a fine song. Probably not my favorite of this list, but it's decent enough. You know, I love Tom Petty too. I just don't think that's you know. I mean, it. You hear it a couple times. It's like okay, that was nice, but it's not. That's probably my least favorite on the list so far. Believe it or not. Full Moon Fever. That's great the album. album. Nineteen eighty nine, and this is probably. My favorite Tom Petty song, other than Refugee. Tom Petty is one of those gentlemen who can't sing. He's kind of one of those that's hard on the ears, but I've grown to love it as uh, just kind of it. I almost kind of like I when I hear him sing, I go, OK, I just imagine that he's doing a punk vocal. Uh, well, tough. I like how he I, I love his voice. I like how he pushed it when he first came out. One of the very first songs that we knew was uh, "Oh Breakdown." Uh, uh, Breakdown was uh, one of the first ones. Like, wow, this guy's got a really unusual voice, you know. And uh, "Refugee," that's the one you mentioned. That's where he's 
At the absolute uh, scra- scraping the ceiling of his range. Of his Muppet. But uh, powerful song, though. And, of course, you know, he's uh, he's worked with so many people, knows many things, duets. And uh, I think he has a terrific voice. And mm. nobody can question his absolutely hellaciously great songwriter. It's interesting that you think he has a great voice, but there's so many people who have these beautiful melodic voices and you hate them. Hate. Uh, yeah, like Lane Staley and... Uh, and yeah, yeah. Who, who actually like have vibratos and sing and... Is Use that, their diaphragm and sustain notes and sing with the melody and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there's many, not just that one. There's there's a lot that you don't like that have beautiful voices. I'll take pity over Eddie Vedder any day. Uh, I mean that that's not a fair comparison, but he's he's got something. But number three, it's "How Soon Is Now" by The Smiths, which is one of my all time favorite songs in the world. You know, I am quite certain if it was if it lands on this list. I am quite sure that it was on the Smiths playlist that you oh, gave yes, me. It, when are we were, you kidding me? Of course it is. And I, if I heard it, I'd probably remember it because I, I remember, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song. Titles didn't quite do it for me. But uh, I ended up uh, liking the Smiths quite a bit. I don't remember this one off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's good because I do dig me some Morrissey mm. and Johnny Marr. And yeah, so it's probably great. It uh, It's from Hatful of Hollow. It was released in 1984. And John Mars guitar jangles on How Soon Is Now, and it pulses with tremolo. It certainly does. And, you know, you've got the Morrissey crooning voice, which, oh, I just love it. Love Lauren, of course. And it uh, sneaked into the UK's top 30 largely because it had already been released as a B-side. Um, but it is the Smith's signature song to this day, and it just takes me away. And there's something magical about Morrissey's voice. Unfortunately, you know. They are no longer together, but we'll always have these albums. So this is one of my all-time favorite songs. They made several of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the exact number, but they have like at least six, right? They have quite a few. Yeah, yeah, and which then, is good. It's kind of it's great. When, and I mean, it kind of sucks when you have a band that's like really, really good, and they put out one album or two. You yeah, know? Uh, it's nice to have a body of work. They do. Yeah, they, and then we still have Morrissey, you know, doing his thing. You know, um, he's a little uh, diva. He's quite diva. And that, you know, whatever. It's his... Rock stars. I know, right? Whatever. Whatever. I can't imagine what his writer looks like. It's like 72 pages long, I'm sure, you know? I mean, there, there, there's probably not a brown M&M within 10 miles <laughs> there of There can't be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, Like a Prayer, Madonna. Hell yeah. Oh, was I was I uh, was I a little, a little exuberant? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great uh, it's a great album. I used to have it. Uh, the song is is... Certainly not a cookie cutter pop song by any stretch of the imagination. It is kind of bold and ambitious, and quite and, controversial at the time. And the quite video, controversial the video, anyway, yeah, of course. And that's funny that this should come up now. We'll find out later on when we record Birds of a Feather. Mm. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it's a it's a very good song from a very very good album. And I like don't wonder. I mean, that choir on there just drives it home. It is uh, the way it stops. It's like an angel. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful song. Uh, an absolute smash from the great Madonna. I may, I've i never made any bones about uh, my admiration for Madonna as uh, an artist. Yeah, no, I, I've always been a Madonna fan. I, again, I don't think she's the best singer. I don't think she's the most talented person in the entire world, but I think she's an incredible talent. Mm-hmm. She was obviously huge in the 80s. She had Material Girl, Like a Virgin, and Papa Don't Preach, and this was her seventh number one hit seventh uh so it's you know sex religion that kind of thing um i like this it's a powerful blend of sex and religion as the best work of al green and prince uh prince plays guitar 
in the introduction. I did not know that. Yes, and uh, obviously there's that beautiful gospel choir. So it was quite something. I remember there's there was a lot of controversy in it, and when you watch it again now, you go, oh, okay. But at the time, it was just a lot of imagery that was definitely religious and yeah. sexual. You know, and was there's a lot of taboos in there, but that's Madonna. If I mean, that's what she does, right? And and separate the uh, the song completely from any visual input, and it's just a really powerful song that holds its own. I mean, and you just you got to be impressed with the song. Uh, yeah, sure, it was controversial and all that stuff. Well, but and, she did know, it on purpose. She thing. this is she knew yeah. this is what she wanted to. She oh, she was she's always. Yeah. Somebody who's, who laughed in the face of religion in general, laughed in the face of spirituality, pushed the, the norms, societal and otherwise. Uh, you know, that's just what she did. And this was no different. She said, this is what my song's about and I'm going to show you. It's definitely a good pop song. Yeah. I'm down with it. It's not my favorite Madonna song, but it's fun. It's a good song. Now, number one. Any guesses as to what the number one is of 1980? Is GM involved with this one? No. No. Oh, okay. Of 1980 or the 80s? Be the 80s, right? 80s. 80s, okay. Uh, b- 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 um, number one song of the 80s. Uh, f- I'm going to take a wild stab and say Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Hmm. Not a bad guess, yeah. but it's Fight the Power, Public Enemy. Oh, wow. Which wow. was huge yeah. at the time. So 1989, From Fear of a Black Planet and Do the Right Thing, the original motion picture soundtrack. Fight the Power was commissioned by Spike Lee for his 1989 movie, Do the Right Thing. And Chuck D and Flava Flav are a terrific duo, as we know, with Flav bringing levity to Chuck D's politically aware rap. They're backed by multiple James Brown samples from Funky Drummer and Hot Pants. Now, um, I haven't heard the song in eons. Is not this? I know it, you said it has the James Brown drum. Sa- He's probably been sampled so many times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. many times. But I bet these people paid him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is um, does that incorporate some of what the Isley Brothers fight the power, or is it uh, nothing I to do with that? Don't I don't think can't it remember. has anything no? to do with that. Okay, that's yeah. I can't remember how it goes. Unfortunately, now Lewis would be scan- Lewis Drayton would be scandalized. Uh, he yeah. just he's a, he just loves Public Enemy. Public Enemy is amazing. Yeah, they were. I, and, oh. and I keep meaning to, you know, I hear so much absolute horseshit rap all, all week long. That when something like Dr. Dre or Public Enemy or something like that comes on, or Ice Cube is like, oh, wow. Yes, rap was actually good once. <laughs> there you know? it is. You know? There it is. That's wow. true. And so, just so you know, this list was compiled um, by thousands of visitors visiting this site and, and you know, voting up or down, kind of like Ranker does. Um, and <laughs> this particular person who wrote this this list was accused of hating the 80s, and he doesn't hate the 80s. He just says that there's no room on this particular list for hits like uh, hit machines like Prince, New Order, or Michael Jackson. These are the 1980s hits that still thrill him. Ah. So I think this list would look different. What I liked about this list is when I looked at other lists, they were very cookie cutter. They were predictable. Well, yeah, the, the the mega hits that everybody knows, like he said, the you know the princes, the Michael Jacksons, and right. everything. However, this list in itself still contains some of those. Right. Well, it's also kind of like what you always say. It's like deep cuts. It's like yeah, this it, is some of the like stuff that cuts. like you go, oh yeah, we forgot about that because we we're worried. You know what was taking you know kind of front seating, if you will, was what in was the forefront was Michael rotation, Jackson, Michael know, Jackson, yeah. you know, Prince, all that stuff. Like he said, all that stuff was right there and winning Grammys and yeah. awards and on, you know, rotation on MTV. But some of these were too, but they weren't to that level. No. But I loved that. I That's why I used this list because 
it's kind of some of the unsung heroes yeah. getting their moment in the sun. Yeah, I mean, on, uh, on uh, say, uh, History Strikes Back, we usually go with the, the top, you know, yes. like the, the big hits everybody knows because they're the most likely ones we're going to be able to sing and so forth. Yes. But uh, this list had some of those, but you're right, not the mega hits. I mean, the 80s were Michael Jackson and everybody else, That's basically. Right. You know, and he's not on there. That's and, exactly uh, right. And there's so many, the police. I mean, there's so many, I mean, because i tell you, well, you uh, you would not recognize, if, unless you were like there to see it or unless you watch a play-by-play, of the uh, the early 80s, 1981, the dawn of MTV. The no, stuff they were I playing mean, was absolutely, I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, The Police and Billy Idol and, and you know, Pat Benatar and all this just absolutely amazing. And they would go on, tell your cable provider, I want my, my MTV, MTV, which, of course, found its way into the classic song, Money for Nothing, by Dire Straits with Sting providing the signature line. I if want my I MTV. If I never hear that song again, it would be too soon. Who are you? I do not know you. That song. You, I heard that song more than I've heard any other song in my entire life. Okay. So it's that. Yeah, I can't handle it. I okay. just, that song is, is on my list. What about Walk list. of Life? I mean, you're not that. Oh. Wow. You're scaring me now. Okay. Mm. Okay, I have mm. to, you know, we have to we have to wrap up the show because I, <laughs> I'm feeling a little unsafe here. David's going to quit the show right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not uh, sure if I'm safe to be in the room with this person. <laughs> yeah. What kind so, of darkness lies in the heart of someone who? Uh, yeah, not a bit, not yeah, really into dire yeah, straits. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, thank you for bearing with me, yeah. even though I just bared my soul, and you took a very large steak knife and stabbed it a few times. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, David, for uh, going along this ride with me on, you know, some of the unsung heroes of the 80s, but still also some really memorable artists and memorable songs. I think the 80s was a great time, again, because we talked about the fact that there were no conventions. People just threw that aside and just went for it. Balls out. And since we've wrapped it up and talked about the top 10 and certainly had our moments in the sun to talk about it, and of course I made you feel unsafe, and I'm sorry you're in a safe space, you'll be okay. I'm mellowing out here. Okay, good. (laughs) I guess that only leaves for you to say... Let's fly this coop. (laughs) Ow!